You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is presented by Pavestone, Spray and Forget, Home Advisor, and Bonide. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your decor projects, your remodeling projects, your questions about repairs that need to get done around your house, or maybe just some help to plan some projects for the future. If you love your home like we love our home, give us a call right now and let's talk about how to make it better. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT. You can also post questions online to the community page at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show... Now that we've all paid perhaps our first big electric bill of the summer and been shocked by it in more ways than one, you know, it was a good time to think about ways to reduce that. And it turns out that utility companies are often required to offer programs to help you use less of their product, which I think is great. You know, they're paid to teach you how to spend less money with them. So I think that's fantastic. They may not love it, but we're going to review that program and give you some tips on how to take advantage of that savings just ahead. Plus, if you are a gardener, do you feel like you may be losing a battle against the bugs? Well, we're going to have tips on an organic solution to control a wide variety of those critters and stop them from destroying your plants in just a bit. And you feel like your air conditioning just isn't doing the job it should? We'll share a trick of the trade you can use to test your AC so you know exactly how well it's performing. But first... We want to hear from you. Give us a call right now. Let's talk about your house, your home, your apartment, your condo. Wherever you call home is where we call home. So give us a call right now with those questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. Naomi in Pennsylvania, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? What I have is my backyard. Over the past several years, we've taken down a couple of major trees. They've died. And now whenever it rains, pretty much I have standing water for a long period of time, and it's really nasty. So I've been looking online for ideas. I've gone to garden centers looking for plants that do well in standing water. And in the Northeast, we don't have a long growing season, so a lot of the plants that I'm looking up don't seem to be doing well. So other ideas my husband and I have kicked around are putting a floating deck I see that you can build out (laughs) there. Floating deck? Well, that, that's called a raft. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to become Tom Sawyer here, Naomi. Okay, and, and build a raft well, to float down the river. My husband's idea was to put stone all over. How about this idea? How about if we drain the backyard of water? You like that idea? Well, how do you go about doing that? We're not sure. So, first of all, it sounds like the backyard is sloped in such a way that the water runs into it but doesn't run out of it. Is that fair to say? That's pretty, yes, pretty fair to say. My neighbor's yard is 
slightly higher. And then is there an area below your house that's slightly lower than the backyard? After we bought the house, we found out it was built on a swamp, so everybody has drainage problems. I'm pretty sure that you're not looking at the water table there. You're looking at some water that's staying around. So here's the solution. It's called a curtain drain. And what a curtain drain is, is a trench that you construct from the part where the water is ponding to somewhere lower than that in the elevation. Now, the curtain drain is a trench that's about 12 inches wide and 12 inches deep. You put in a couple of inches of stone, then you put in a perforated PVC pipe. And then you put more stone and some filter cloth and you cover it with soil so it's completely invisible when it's done. But here's what happens. As the water runs down to that area where it's ponding now, it falls into the trench, it comes up into the pipe, and then it runs down through the pipe and discharges at a lower area of your property. So you're essentially collecting the water, shooting it around the house, and then discharging it somewhere uh, at a lower elevation. Does this require a backhoe, or is this something that we can do with shovel? And No, you can do it. You can do it with a shovel, and you don't need much pitch either. You need about a quarter inch of foot per foot on, on the pipe. So just as long as you get a nice, clean trench d- dug, you get the stone in there, you get the perforated pipe in there, uh, it'll work very well, and it'll drain that yard whenever it fills up. And I look for the wettest part of the yard to start it in, and then I go to a, you said, a quarter of an inch per foot? Foot, yeah, and you want to bring it down to uh, someplace lower on the yard where you can discharge it. And the best thing to do is to discharge it to daylight. In other words, have the pipe actually pop out somewhere so the water can run out. Okay, great. Terrific. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Naomi. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Ben, in Minnesota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a really old house, uh, kind of like what you guys have. And it's built in the early, probably early 1900s, don't know exactly, but it's got a rock foundation. And we're in uh, southwest Minnesota, so the ground does freeze pretty deep. And basically, the mortar between all of the rocks has pretty much turned to sand. Some places they've worked on retuck pointing it here and there, uh, but it's all kind of coming apart again, and... Some of the rocks, especially on the corners, are even tipping out a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to fix that if I need to dig down. I have access to equipment. I work in the HVAC business, so we have lots of equipment, and I do lots of stuff on my own. So just uh, see if you guys have any pointers for me. So the foundation is damaged, or you're just concerned about the rocks that are sticking out? Yeah, well, the foundation isn't particularly damaged. It's actually pretty solid. It's just that the mortar, since since it's so old, the mortar between all the rocks has deteriorated to the point where it's almost like sand. You know what I mean? And it just falls out from between the rocks. So what you need to do is simply to repoint or replace that mortar. Uh, pointing is the act of mixing up new mortar and pulling out the old stuff and then place, pressing new mortar into place. And the type of mortar that you use for repointing is a little stickier than the mortar that would have been done originally. Usually it has a bit more lime in it, which tends to make it a bit gooier, and it sticks to the to the old stuff pretty well. So what you do is you work one section at a time, you do remove all that loose stuff, and then you repoint it up with new mortar, and, and that's pretty much normal maintenance with a 1900 foundation. You do have to eventually repoint a foundation like that. It's not unusual. You know, you can slow it down with proper drainage and things like that. But essentially, that's what we would expect, okay? Right. Okay. Perfect. Hey, thanks so much for your time and the advice. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on. Holy moly, July 4th is like this week. Are you having a big party? Is your deck in tip-top shape? What are you cooking? Let's talk about the grill first and foremost. Well, whatever it is, we are here to lend a hand. Give us a call to 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find top-rated home service pros, compare prices, and book appointments online all for free. 888-666-3974. Up next, has your electricity bill reached new heights? We'll have tips on how your own utility company can help you hand over less of your hard-earned cash to cover those costs after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by QuickCrete Fast Setting Concrete Mix in the red bag. Make your next outdoor concrete project quick and easy. Quick Creek Fast Setting Concrete Mix. Look for it in the red bag. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now on the Money Pit's listener line at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974, presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter what the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Give us a call right now because we've got a couple of local pros right here behind the mics ready to help you with your home improvement questions. 888 Money Pit. Ollie in South Carolina has a painting and design question. What can we do for you? I got panning. I don't know if it's lemon panning or not, but it's got little grooves in it all the way down, and it's darker than the other panning, you know, itself. And I wanted to paint it. Do I have to do something to fill in them uh, lines or cracks or whatever you want to call it? Now, the lines that you're talking about, those are like the beading. It's like a decorative feature. You know, it's supposed to be there. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to fill that in only because if you try to fill it in with joint compound or wood filler, it's just going to dry out, crack, detach. It's, it's never going to last. So you kind of have to you know, think about it. Can you embrace the look of the paneling as far as a core element, but paint it a different color and love that vertical lining? Or do you just hate that so much that you want to sort of, you know, try to remove it or cover it up? 
no, I'd like to leave it if it would make a, you know, it would make a nice design, you know. I personally like it. I think painted paneling can be very lovely in the right type of space with the right type of decor. And if you choose a good color. Now, the fact that you don't know whether it's wood or laminate, you know, that could be a little bit of a concern only because we want to make sure that you have good adhesion. So if the finish on the paneling right now is a little bit glossy or has a shine to it, you want to use a product like a liquid sander. And that's something that you just wipe on and it sort of abrades the surface. You know, first I'd give it a good cleaning. Then I'd lightly abrade it with a liquid sander. Then I would prime it and I would prime it well with a good quality primer. And then once that's done, I would paint it. And I really enjoy the look of a paneling that's in a glossy white. But I think if you go with a neutral color and try not to get crazy and just sort of let it be a neutral background with a decorative detail in it, I think it'll be great. I think it would look, I think it would look nice. <laughs> But thank you. You have a good day. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading on over to Michigan where Roger's got a door problem. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Yeah, I have a mid-70s uh, ranch-style house that uh, has all maple doors on the interior. Okay. And we're just putting paint on here for the first time. It's been white all along, and I'm putting color into it, and these doors just don't look right. And I wondered what kind of... Uh, alternative I have to making them look different besides swapping them out for six panels or whatever and, you know, exchanging it all out, but I, I don't want to go to that expense. Okay, so the doors are, are wood doors, and have they ever been painted before, or are they finished clear? No, they're finished uh, with maple, from their maple, you know, press doors or whatever. Or I don't know what they called them back then. but And so you say they don't look right against the painted walls is that your concern oh they might to somebody but i just i'm, I'm doing the trim in, in bright white and uh it just doesn't look right with the colors on the walls and everything typically you would not do the trim the trim would be natural as well well it would have been yeah but that's not how the house was originated i yeah that would be a way to do is tr- change out the trim but that's not well that's a lot less work than changing out the doors and you would have a lot of options if you were to change out the trim so it may not look right to you because you have painted trim and you have uh, a, a clear finished door but if the trim is really the missing perimeter to this that's going to frame it all in there nicely why don't you could do this why don't you go pick up a couple of pieces of trim and lightly tack them around the door without even taking off the old stuff just kind of stick it up there step back take a look at it and see if it starts to make more sense to you visually uh, that's a good idea all right take small steps that way and the other thing to keep in mind when you're doing a project like this gene is just remember once you paint it's going to look different so that's going to take a certain amount of getting used to you're right about that also all right so i would go out and pick up some trim tack it up there see how it looks maybe try a complementary color you know you could you could do a two-tone something like that and uh and see if that does a trick for you okay that's a good idea good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit well was your last electric bill a huge shock Believe it or not, your electric company actually wants you to save money, and most have energy-saving programs for you to do just that. That's right. For example, some utilities help homeowners power down through periods of high demand with pricing plans that reward off-peak use. Plus, many utilities offer a menu of rebates on improvements that help you trim power or even go green at home. 
You want to ask your utility company if they have the option for smart metering, which tracks usage by time, and then it adjusts those rates accordingly. Now, you might also consider adding your own energy monitor. Now, these are pretty easy to use and easy to install, and they give you real-time info on energy use and cost. It's kind of like the more you know about where the energy is going, the more you can see the ways you can save money on those costs. If you get that info, you'll be able to trim back those bills once and for all. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. We'd love to chat with you about what you're working on in your house, whether it's an energy-saving project or an improvement project. The number again is 888-MONEYPIT. Next up, we've got Sue from New York who's dealing with some moldy caulking. Tell us what's going on. I have a bathroom that has mold all over the caulking. I've okay. tried bleach and water, but I was wondering if there's something else I can do to get rid of the mold on the caulking. Well, sometimes the mold really takes hold literally in the caulk and it grows into it and it discolors the caulk. So if you've cleaned it in those traditional ways, probably not going to come out. So I would recommend that you re-caulk the bathroom tub. And let me tell you how to do that successfully. First of all, you can purchase um, a product that's called a caulk softener. It's kind of like a paint softener or a paint stripper, but it softens the caulk, makes it easy to get all the old stuff out of the, the tub and the joint between the tub and the tile wall and so on. Then once you've got it all out of there and all cleaned up and dried out, and I like to wipe the wall with a bleaching water solution in between just to make sure we're killing any mold spores that are left behind. The next thing that you're going to do, Sue, is fill the tub with water. And you're doing that because you're going to kind of weight it down. And then once it's filled, you can go ahead and re-caulk that seam. Now, the caulk that you use, make sure you use one that has a mildicide in it. So if you use a kitchen and bath caulk, it probably is going to have a mildicide. I know that the DAP products have an additive called microband. I'm sure there's others as well. And then once that caulk dries, then you let the water out of the tub because then it comes back up and compresses the caulk. And when you step in to take a shower, it doesn't cause as much stress to that caulk seam between the tub and the wall, and it stays in place. So again, if you've already cleaned it, it's probably uh, a foregone conclusion that you're not going to be able to get that mold out of the old caulk. I would just replace it. It's not a hard, hard job, and it'll look really nice when you're done. Okay? Very good. Thank you very much. I really appreciate all your help. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Next up, we've got Ray in North Carolina who's dealing with a roofing problem. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Uh, make a long story short, I'm getting a new roof put on tomorrow. So I wanted to find out what questions to ask. Um, I've already asked a lot, as you can imagine. But uh, what is occurring right now is that I have very rotten fascia boards, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And um, it, the gutter seemed to leak a little bit. So I'm concerned. It seems to be two separate entities. But when they put the roof on, um, what do I need to ask and what should I be looking for? This is just so you know, it's a, uh, I believe it's called a, uh, a dimensional roof. You know, it's kind of the upgraded dimensional shingles. It's a dimensional shingle. Okay, well, first of all, first thing I check is the weather report. Let's make sure we're not running into yeah. a lot of rain. Luckily, we're, we're in good shape on that. All end. right, good. Good. Check. That's good. Now, next, um, are they taking off the old layer or are they Correct. putting a second layer? They're taking it off. Good. That's good. So, um, what do you need to ask? Well, first of all, you want to ask them how they plan to dispose of the old shingles. I mean, the right thing to do here is to put tarps around your house so that when they throw the shingles off the roof, you know, you don't end up with a million little pieces of this. So get the, get their sort of plan and their cleanup plan for this. Uh, in terms of that fascia, now that's not uncommon. 
And typically what happens is the gutters back up a little bit over the years and the water gets up there and it saturates against that fascia and it rots out. Now is the time, however, to replace that. To do that, though, you need to take the gutters down, obviously. Exactly. And, and my biggest question is, is that I've heard various things. Uh, you know, basically the roofer is saying, you know, it's, it's a separate uh, situation. We'll do the roof first because it's stupid to mess with the gutters as far as he's concerned because if you put new gutters up or, or whatever you do, it's going to create a mess. So let's do the roof first and then address the fascia and the gutters second. Is that Does that sound proper? It's fine. You could do it all at once or you could do it separately. Gotcha. It's a, one doesn't affect the other. You can put the roof on with the old gutters or the new gutters. So number one more thing I'm going to suggest to you, and that is instead of putting wood back up as a fascia, take a look at a product called Azek, A-Z-E-K. A-Z-E-K, right. Okay. It's an ex, uh, extruded PVC material. It's air and train, so it kind of looks like it has like sort of a wood structure to it, but it's made of PVC. So it doesn't rot, bugs won't eat it, and you'll never have to do it, deal with this again. And you and can't paint it. If they put it up properly, it should last, so to speak, forever. Forever, exactly. Very good. Well, that's a good idea. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Just ahead, if you're a gardener, do you feel like you're losing a battle against the bugs? We're going to have some tips on an organic solution to stop bugs from destroying your plants. Just ahead. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, now that we're getting deep into summer, the bugs might be getting deep into your lawn and garden. A great way to control those insects, though, is with a product called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. Great stuff. It's made by Bonide, who's been helping homeowners and pros alike for like 90 years grow beautiful lawns and gardens. With us to talk about that is Jim Wood with Bonide. Hey, Jim. Hello, Tom. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, you answer a lot of questions for folks about all of the Bonide products. And the thing that uh, that I thought was interesting about Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is it's great for organic gardens, which is so popular these days. Talk to me about it. Yeah, that's for sure. It's an all-natural insecticide, Tom, that contains spinosad. And uh, it's highly effective against uh, leaf-eating and sucking insects that are troublesome in many vegetable gardens and uh, ornamental flower beds. Yeah, and that's definitely, you definitely want to be concerned about what you're putting on the food that you're growing to eat, as opposed to the uh, the greenery you're growing just to admire, right? So people need to be particularly careful about this. Now, um, Spinoza, you said it's an all-natural insecticide, and it actually covers a, a pretty wide range of insects, so it seems like a very good solution. Yes, it, it is. It does c- cover quite a few different insects, you know, s- insects such as bagworm, tomato hornworm, cabbage looper, you know, leaf miners, borers. Uh, does a phenomenal job on bagworms, which are a common problem in many areas of the country. And it does a great job on thrips, which is a insect that most people don't realize they have, but uh, it's highly effective against that particular insect. Those tomato hornworms, we had a run-in with them, and I, I always think that they look like miniature dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, and they do tend to get a little on the large size. And they can really devour um, your tomato plants, so that's that's great. Now, if you're applying um, this particular product, Captain, we're talking about Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. Are there some options? Is it a liquid? Is it a powder? How does it work? Well, it, this particular product is available as a dust, so when it, when someone uses a, a dust product, it's ready to use okay. right out of the container. It's also available in a liquid ready-to-use formulation, and it's also available in hose end, which is one where they just hook up their hose and spray it on the plants that they want mm-hmm. to you know, spray. And then also available in a concentrate if they have large areas that they need to treat. So it really depends on the uh, size of area that you want to treat. And uh, I guess also, of course, weather conditions uh, with the with the dust version, you want to be conscious of the, of the wind direction. And perhaps if you've just got a, a small area to treat, that might be a good option. But as you say, with the ready-to-use formulations, uh, you have the option to apply it on a wide range as well. Now, what time of day... Is it wise to apply a product like this? Is it an early morning thing? Tom, in the the instance of a dust, the ideal time to apply that would be early in the morning when there's dew. Okay, so Or right after a rain, uh, that type of thing. So it adheres to the foliage. Right. But the overall common denominator when you apply a pesticide like this, insecticide, is to apply it late in the day when there's not many pollinators visiting the plant. So, you know, late in the day, late in the evening, uh, that would be ideal. So when we talk about pollinators, we're talking about bees and, and other insects that might be beneficial? Yeah, bees and other beneficial insects, yes. Now, is this a product that uh, can be used inside, or is it strictly an outside product? This is strictly an outside product, Tom. It has an outdoor use label, and it has no 
house plants on the label, so the homeowner should only use this for outdoor plants. Talking to Jim Wood, he's an expert with Bonide Products. They've been making products for over 90 years to help us grow beautiful lawns and gardens about Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. So, Jim, what are some of the questions that you will get this time of year here that we've uh, we've kicked off summer and, and folks are starting to see these gardens bloom and their lawns get green? What are kind of the questions that you guys get at, at, at Bonite HQ that, that folks are struggling with? Well, we find that at this time of the year, albeit a little bit of a late start to the spring and summer season, we're finding a fair amount of uh, insect questions and also disease questions. And there's a variety of products that we sell that can, you know, take care of these particular insects and diseases. And it's just a matter of identifying them properly so we can make the right recommendation on products. But as we get into the summer season, uh, Captain Jack's turns out to be a pretty good insecticide for controlling a wide array of insects. The product called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. It's made by Bonide Products. You can learn more at bonide.com. That's B-O-N-I-D-E.com. Jim Wood, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you, Tom. Take care now. Still ahead, is your air conditioner doing a good job with keeping up to the demand, or is it an energy waster? We're going to share a simple test that can give you the answer next. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is presented by Rumblestone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with Rumblestone from Pavestone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one money pit presented by Home Advisor. The fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Now we've got Johanna from Michigan who wants to get out and enjoy the deck. How can we help you with that project? Hey, we're getting ready to put a deck on the back of our house. It's going to be about 20 by 20. And... Um, we're looking at the composite products, and in doing some research, I have come across some hair-raising images of black mold, chipping, cracking, uh, crumbling, and so on. And um, I would just like to get your opinion on the composite decking and if it truly holds up the way it says it does or if there are things we need to look out for. I think it absolutely does hold up. Um, originally, the very first composite products that were out there had wood fiber in them as well as the plastics and the wood fiber would tend to grow sometimes algae and things like that and people didn't like that i think it's a perception issue if you think that there's zero maintenance i'm never gonna have to do anything at all you're not gonna find any product like that because even though it's composite it's going to get dirty it may grow um, a bit of algae and need to be cleaned once in a while but uh, realistically, I think it's going to stand up a lot better than pressure treated. Now, let's give you an example. My son recently completed his Eagle Scout project about a year ago. And his project was to build a 30-foot bridge across the stream. And we chose for that project composite decking. This is going to be in a park. It's going to get lots and lots and lots of foot traffic. That's been up now for a year, and it still looks as good as the day we put it down. So I think composite's a good choice. Stick with the name brand. You know, stick with uh, Trex, for example. Good product. Good history. 
And I think it's going to cut down on the maintenance uh, overall. And it's going to look terrific at the same time. And you won't have to paint it and stain it and all that. Now, you realize that you do the framing of this is all done through standard pressure treated, right? Right, right. Um, and we will have benches and stuff built in, and, and we're going to use, I think, cedar for that. Okay. Well, I mean, you can use composite for the built-in benches, too. I mean, anything that's that's going to be exposed like that, there's no reason not to use the composite. And it's a very sunny area, so... Um, yeah, if you have a lot of sun, you really won't have a lot of problems with, with uh, mildew and algae growth, because the sun is a very natural mildicide. It's usually the real shady decks that have the issues. Yeah, the images I saw were from 07, 08, so it made me think, too, maybe there was a bad run at that time. And you know what? Composite has changed in the last five years, too. Okay, well, good. Thank you very much. All right, Johanna, good luck with that project, and let us know when the, when the party is, okay? Hey, it's, it's next Friday. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. So is your AC on, but your house just doesn't seem to be getting cool? Well, there's a quick and easy way to check if everything is working okay without calling it a pro. Yep. All you need to do is take a thermometer, like a refrigerator thermometer, and then measure the airflow at the supply duct and then the return duct. Now, try to choose ducts that are nearest the blower because they're going to be the strongest. The temperature difference between the two should be between 12 and 20 degrees. If it's not, your system may not be running efficiently and probably needs refrigerant. And that can be added by your local HVAC Pro. But if it's closer to that 12 degree mark, I've seen it like 8, 10, 12. Just think about it. Your AC system has to run a lot longer to cool the house. And the longer it runs, the more it costs you. So making sure that that system is cooling properly is key to cutting back on cooling costs. All right, now up, we've got Paul calling in from Tennessee, who's got an issue with a water pump. Tell us what's going on. I'm getting some air in this well water. The well is uh, uh, six and a half years old, as is the house, and it goes down 350 feet. And the casing goes down 105 feet where they grouted it. When they first put it in, uh, I was bothered by the amount of turbidity I had in it, and I was changing the whole house filter about once a week. And uh, I went back to the drilling company, and they said, well, it'll take about three months to quit that. Well, it was 36 months. <laughs> and then after about four years, I started getting some water hammer in the cold water, particularly in the uh, the basement, although upstairs it'll do it too. But then um, I, I'm getting air out of the faucets uh, upstairs, uh and it's collecting air from somewhere, and I can't figure out where. And as far as I know, the well tank with the bladder in it, the 40 pounds of air pressure over a bladder, that seems to be okay, Tom. Okay, yeah, that was the first thing I was going to think, that if you had a leak, leak in that bladder tank, that that would cause that. Um, other possible causes are bad siphons, but I'm not quite sure how you could test that without having all the gear that you would need. Have you had the well company come back and take another look at this, specifically for the air bubble problem? No. Um, because it's it's been quite a while, and they the guy they used to have there at the company in the daytime didn't seem to know much about it. In fact, when he told me three months it was going to clear up and it was 36 months, I, I thought maybe I'm talking to the wrong guy, but I <laughs> haven't gotten a hold of him. Well, he told you three months because his warranty was 90 days, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Paul, obviously we're getting air into that system, and if it's not coming through the bladder tank, I'm not quite sure where it's coming in, and I think you're going to have to get a well 
expert there, a real expert that understands these things uh, and, and try to see if there's any way they can determine exactly how the air is getting in. Do you have another well company that you might try? Yeah, there's uh, several of them here because this area is very rural, right at the edge of the Smokies. I would try another well company because you didn't have good luck with the first one and see if you can get to the bottom of it. But I agree with you. If it's not the tank, it's it, it more, more likely is the pump. Okay. Well, very good. And thank you. I will try someone near local then and see if they can dope it out. All right, Paul. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Ed in Tennessee on the line who has a question about a crawl space. How can we help you today? I'm thinking about uh, putting my dogs in uh, my crawl space. I, I've got a large crawl space, and I was wanting to. Uh, and they're big dogs, and I was going to take and build beds out of treated lumber and put, like, shavings in them, cedar shavings, and uh, just wondering if there's something I haven't thought about doing that, if there's a downside to it. Well, are they house-trained? Are they going to treat the uh, crawl space like the backyard, so to speak? Uh, they're house-trained. As long as they're going to keep it clean down there, my friend, I don't see a reason uh, why you might not want to do that. It certainly will be uh, cool and comfortable for them in that space in the summer. That's what I was thinking. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much like leaving them outside, except they've got a little shade. But as long right. as they're not going to, uh, you know, cause any problems in there and use it as a bathroom, then I wouldn't worry about it. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Well, roof leaks, they can be tough to fix, but leaks around your chimney can be even worse, especially since they're usually repaired in all the wrong ways. We're going to talk you through the step-by-step to fix chimneys the right way after this. Live in a body pit. Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, where you can find top-rated home pros, compare prices, and book appointments online all for free. And hey, online right now at moneypit.com, we've got a great post of the top five ways to reduce hurricane damage. You can check that out and learn how to keep your home and your family safe. That's online right now at moneypit.com. All right. And while you're learning about keeping your family safe, post your question. We'll help you out with whatever it is you are working on. And Jen from Oregon posted in the community section. She writes, after an especially bad rainstorm, water started leaking into the ceilings and walls around the chimney. I called a contractor out who suggested sealing the chimney area with silicone. My roof's in good shape and only five years old. Does this seem like the right fix? No, because what happens is contractors try to repair these chimneys by putting more sealant on them. Typically, if that chimney flashing is going to leak, it probably wasn't put on right in the first place. Chimney flashing should be a two-piece. Yeah, should be a two-piece system. It should be a base flashing that goes under the roof shingles and up against the side of the chimney, and then a counter flashing which goes into the mortar joints of the chimney and then over that base flashing. You need that because they're going to move differently. The chimney is going to expand and contract differently than the roof, especially with the wind, which actually can move a chimney as well. So if that chimney flashing is not assembled properly, you will get leaks, and by sealing it, you're just delaying the inevitable, which is more leaks. So I say take the flashing off and redo it, and this way it'll never leak again. Now, wait a second. 
second. You said the chimney actually moves in the wind. Is it supposed to? Yeah, it actually does. Uh, I'll tell you, as a home inspector, sometimes I was up on a, I was up on a roof, kind of grabbing a chimney to check a few things, and then if I didn't, if I wasn't careful, I could actually push it away from the house. So yeah, they do move a little bit. You'd be surprised, but they expand, contract, and the wind moves them, and, and that's why the flashing joint is designed to move. And if it's just sealed in place, it's going to break free and, and leak again. Would you like an easy way to spruce up your patio this summer? Leslie tells us how to create a unique area rug that totally stands up to the weather in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, rugs aren't usually something you can put outside, but this one you can. Yeah, you know what? And this is a project I really, really love. It's definitely a confidence booster. If you don't feel like you're super crafty or that talented of an artist, there are ways to create this project and be super successful with very limited skills. I'm talking about a painted rug that you can do right outside on your concrete patio. Now, first of all, you've got to make sure that surface is prepped because if you paint a dirty surface, it's never going to last and it's just going to wear off and you want to really create something that's going to stay. So to clean it, you want to mop it with one cup of vinegar per one cup of water and then spray it away with the hose. Now, once that's all dried off, you want to mark off the area that you're creating this faux rug with painter's tape and make sure you get those lines straight and sort of create that perimeter. Now, you can go ahead and use concrete paint. And you get it at most home improvement stores and you can tint it to any color that you want. So go ahead and paint that background color first and then let it dry overnight. Of course, you want to do this when you know the forecast isn't calling for rain for a couple of days. So it has time to really dry and really set. Then you go ahead and add the detail to the rug. Now, this could be as simple as using stencils to create the design, or if you're a little bit more crafty and arty, you can hand paint something. I mean, if you Google rugs... Go ahead and look at all the different types of rugs out there. Find patterns you like, find colors you like. You can find inspiration right there, and then you can go ahead and create that look for your own home. Once it's all done, you want to finish it with three coats of a water-based polyurethane and let it dry completely. Once you're done, that drab slab of concrete is now a complete, unique focal point, and you're going to love it. Everybody else is going to be so, so thrilled with your end result. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, we are in hurricane season right now. And even if you're not in a hurricane area, there are an awful lot of severe storms rolling around the country. So here's a question. If an emergency is declared, will your home be ready to go? Can you get out quick? We're going to explain exactly how to do just that on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.